Well, good morning, everybody, and, and welcome. Um, whether you're in the sanctuary, whether you're on Zoom, whether you're going to be watching this later um, in the recording, you're all equally welcome. And it's, it's great to be together this morning um, to worship God. Uh, I haven't been asked to, to give any notices except to say that next week is our harvest uh, service and we're going to be supporting um, another BMS harvest appeal, which is called I Will Stand. And we're just going to see a, a very short um, introduction to that. introduction <laughs> I did tell you <laughs> um, but I, I will stand um, it's short for I will stand with Christians in hard places and it's um, acknowledging the fact that there are Christians throughout the world um, for whom life uh, as a Christian is, is very hard and this is um, helping BMS to equip them in in all sorts of ways and so next week, um, there'll be an opportunity to give to that, uh, that appeal as, as part of our harvest, set, um, harvest service. Uh, there will be envelopes available next week, but please only take them if you're planning to, um, to gift aid your, your um, donation. Otherwise, there's no point in having it in, in an envelope. Um, we only have to open it and discard the envelope. So the envelopes are, um, they have a gifted declaration on the back. So if you're planning to be gift aiding, then please take an envelope next week. They will be available for several weeks after that, as, as we have done in the past. And I understand that uh, they're online. There's I Will Stand Live is this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. And that includes various stories from, from people in um, countries where, as I say, it's very hard to, to be a Christian. Um, that's this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. I will stand live from BMS. Well, the topic that uh, we're going to be looking at, or the, the subject, is worshipping the God of all. And the God of all deserves all of our praise. And uh, I'm just going to open in prayer. Father God, we know that there are people throughout the world who even risk their lives to come together to worship you, to acknowledge that they follow you, that they are Christians. And we are so blessed in this country that we can come together to worship the God of all. And you deserve all of our praise. And so I pray this morning, Lord, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we won't be half-hearted in our worship. Help us, Lord, to worship with our whole hearts because you are the God of all and you deserve nothing less than all our praise. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to um, bring our song, sung worship to the God of all. Thank you. 
So please stand if you're able and let's just uh, worship our God.
led to speak out words of, of worship, adoration, love and praise to our God. If you're in the sanctuary, if you raise your hand, Nigel will bring the mic to you. If you're on Zoom, as usual, please um, unmute yourself. But let's bring those, those words of love and adoration to our God. Some words from Romans. The gifts and call of God are irrevocable. We who were once disobedient to God have now received his mercy. For God has consigned all men to disobedience that he may have mercy upon all who respond to his grace. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counsellor? For from him and through him and to him are all things. So to him be glory and praise forevermore. Amen. Hallowed be thy name. Make of heaven and earth. For God does indescribable things. The crucified one, my counsellor. my healer, my holy one, the ageist one, the Alpha and Omega, the everlasting God who does extraordinary things, full of love, full of life. I worship you, my dear Lord. Stop. 
yeah, I just sense that um, God would want to bring healing uh, to people today. There's a, there's a sense of his power present here. And he's calling people to faith. He's calling people to exercise faith by asking for healing. That's, only, that's something only you can do. We can't, I can't exercise faith for you. You need to ask and believe that Jesus is the, the healer. So maybe that's you. So I'd encourage you to uh, seek uh, healing, whether that be physical healing or emotional healing, whatever it is, uh, at the end of the service. Um, seek out somebody to pray with you for that healing this morning. Father God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is moving in this place. We thank you for his presence with us. And we acknowledge that you alone are worthy of our praise. Amen. Tony. Good morning. Now, for, for this to work, um, uh, I need to ask you, give me a little bit of license and a whole lot of imagination. Um, there's a, a verse in the Bible in Luke 19, or it's three verses, uh, 37 to 40, and it says this. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So that's what we're going to do. In my bag, um, so that those on Zoom can see. Um, I have a stone. Now, as we're talking about praise, and Jesus said, if we won't shout out, the stones will. Okay, the stones will. They will. They will, yes. But maybe not this one. But I have got another one. Now, what about this one? Do you think this one will shout out praise to God? This is where you need your imagination and I need a bit of license. Okay? So first of all, I know it's a bit off, but what color is it? Ish. White. White. And what does white signify? When we're talking about God, what does white signify? Purity. Yeah. It also speaks of holiness righteousness and lots of other things that would just cry out in praise to god so it may be a stone and it is a stone um but that's it now what about the shape heart shape so what does a heart signify love yeah what an amazing god we have that he loves us and so we should cry out from our hearts and the stone 
represents the heart, uh, heart, but it represents love. And uh, it also, happiness, so I've written a few things down. It signifies hope, life, because without life, the, the heart, life won't happen. It speaks about truth. We speak truth from the heart. It also talks about compassion, that our God is a God of compassion. So the stone cries out by its shape. Now, what's it made of? Stone, yeah, or rock or whatever. I'm not sure what it is actually made out of, but it's, um, it's very hot. I'll wrap it on this one. So what about the rock? What does the rock signify when we talk about God? Strength, shelter, shelter yeah. Steadfast, yeah. The solid rock, yeah. So there's lots of things that this stone is praising God for. And um, I, I did actually look up uh, rocks um, on the internet. And it says there are three kinds of rock. Igneous, sedimentary, and metamorphic. So the stone can be three things. Ah, clever, isn't it? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. And it's powerful, and it's strong. And so it may not be crying out in praise, but just by looking at it, it can, can't it? It can praise God. So there we go, a little bit of license, a little bit of imagination. So thank you for taking part. Uh, but the rocks will cry out if we don't. Thank you, Alice. Thank you, Tony. Um, I, I don't see any creche-aged children, but it's now time for Sparks to go to, to their group. Have a good morning. Um, well, as Tony said, um, some of the attributes of, of God are, are his love and his compassion. And one of the ways we can show compassion to others is, is in prayer. And so I'm going to invite you now, if, um, as, as you feel led, to, to speak out prayers of, of intercession for, for others. Um, Martin's already um, mentioned healing, um, although with reference to asking for your own healing. But please um, do speak out words of, of intercessory prayer, um, whether you're on Zoom or in the sanctuary. Thank you. Because we know that our God listens and, and hears our prayers.
Father God, again we bring before you those suffering from COVID or the effects. Father, I need your healing. I need your comfort. I need your strength. Father, pray for those that uh, uh, are considering about um, having some injection for it, uh, contemplating the, the whys and wherefores. Give them wisdom, we pray. <coughs> for those that uh, have loved ones, Father, that are suffering, they're not able to reach them and, uh, and to comfort them in some ways, Father, we lay them before you. Father, we bring before you those that uh, seek to administer uh, these different drugs. Father, we pray for them. We give them wisdom under the pressure they are under to uh, get everybody vaccinated. Father, we pray that the vaccination supply will be sufficient for the needs. Father, we pray for the youngsters that are having the vaccinations that uh, they too uh, will be uh, confident uh, about having the vaccination. Father, we praise you for the vaccinations. Father, we pray for those uh, uh, still waiting. Pray for the government, give them wisdom in this whole, uh, this whole journey of combating, uh, for dealing with this problem. Lord, above all, you are God, you are sovereign, and we praise you that you are you're in control of all this. Father, we thank you that we in this country have lots of means to combat this disease. We pray, Father God, for other countries that are not so fortunate as us. Supply their needs, we pray. They too can have that healing resource. Lord, where agencies are and people are seeking to promote and to be able to give uh, this uh, uh, supply of vaccine. May it be forthcoming, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Lord, we just thank you that you're a God who delights to answer our prayers, Lord. And we just thank you for the answered prayer with Jane and Dave's daughter, Heather, Lord, that you, there's a miracle going on there in her life. And we just thank you for the way that you have a, a strengthened her, that you have encouraged her, that she is your daughter, Lord. And we continue to pray for her and the family, Lord, that you'll just really be in that situation, that you'll uh, be with the consultants and the nurses and the staff that look after her, but that she may know your... Your, your Holy Spirit just working in her, strengthening her, building her up, and encouraging her, Lord. Just And you, as you encourage her, you encourage each one of us, Lord, to, to, to look to you, to trust you. You're an amazing God. You're a loving God. And we just thank you for your, for your goodness and for your provision for each one of us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Father, we don't know what the autumn and winter are going to hold in terms of um, all sorts of illnesses, uh, COVID, flu, respiratory illnesses, we, things that have been neglected because of, of the pandemic. And so, Lord, I, I do bring to you all those who are in our health and uh, care services. Lord, that uh, you would be with them, that you would strengthen them. Um, they must be so weary. And uh, Lord, we pray against um, an upsurge in, in, in all sorts of things, Lord. We ask that uh, this, this will not happen, that um, hospitals and, and doctors won't be overwhelmed. But, but we, we pray for the, the individuals, Lord, and uh, some of them are known to us. And uh, forgive me if I, if I miss people out, but Lord, we, we think of Chloe and James, and uh, we think of blessings. We think of Helen. We think of um, both Julie's in, in the care profession, Lord. Um, Shar, yes. Lord, we ask that you would be with them, but that you would help them to shine out your, with your love to, to the people that they're caring for. But we do ask for, for strength and, and protection and a sense of your favour on them, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. And so, Lord, we do thank you for answered prayer. Thank you that you're not a remote God. Thank you that you are a God to whom we can come in prayer. You, in fact, you tell us to, and we thank you so much for that. We have a powerful, all-caring, compassionate God. Thank you. Amen. Tony is going to be speaking to us shortly um, from Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will pro proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has, made, he has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every little living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, 
to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Gosh, what a lot of alls in there. <laughs> That's wonderful. Father God, we thank you for, for this word. We thank you for your love and your compassion. And we thank you now for, for Tony, who's going to come and speak to us. We thank you for the preparation that he's made. And Lord, we ask that, um, as, as indeed we, we ask week by week, that we would hear you speaking to us through him, that we may hear what you want us to say. And it may be different for each one of us because you have the power to do that. Lord, speak to us through Tony this morning. Amen. Thank you to Alison and uh, to all those involved this morning to lead us uh, to this place where we can hear what God has to say to, to us this morning. Um, we're starting a new series and uh, it's called Worshipping the God of All in All of Life. And in this we're going to look at um, the book of Psalms and in particular the Psalms of David. Now when that psalm was read by Alison, um, I think with this one particular psalm, I think it's a series in its own right. Uh, so I'm just going to touch the surface, I think, of this psalm. Um, but when we're looking at the Psalms of David, it, it seems strange then that we're starting at Psalm 145. Because if you go to Psalm 146, that's the end of David's Psalms. Uh, so we're starting at 145. And if you stay with us the whole of the six weeks, then we're going to finish with Psalm 16. So we're starting this end, and we're going to go backwards to this end. But what a place to start, Psalm 145, worshipping the God of all. Now, I don't know about you, um, but I know when I sort of think about worship, uh, what goes through your mind, what goes through my mind? Well, up until a few years ago, uh, maybe a bit longer than that, um, I considered worship to be songs of a certain type. Uh, songs that were more reflective, more quiet, um, that would just um, speak the names of God. Uh, and then, of course, there was the praise songs, which you can belt out, uh, and the hymns, of course, as well. Um, but they were different. There was worship and there was praise. How wrong I was. How wrong I was. But you see, it took a while for it to sink in because whenever I led, excuse me, whenever I led worship, um, there was the um, we will now sing worship, or we will now sing worship songs, or we will now sing praise songs, or we will read, or we will pray, or whatever. Uh, but it wasn't just worship, and uh, how wrong I was. You see, worship is more than that um it's a whole lot more than that it's more than just singing songs together while in church or at home in home group wherever we might be it's a way of living and paul makes it clear in his letter 
to the Romans. In Romans 12, verse 1, he says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is the bit. This is your true and proper worship. So it isn't singing, is it? It's about everything that we do, that we worship God in all that we do. And worship is a daily, minute-by-minute offering of all that we are, all that we do, all that we say, and everything we're involved in. And we worship God by doing it. So we need to do it well. And we do it in grateful recognition of his infinite value to us. Isn't God an infinite value? His perfect love and his worthiness to be praised should draw that from us every minute of every day. You see, he's a God who can be trusted. He's a God who should be loved. He's a God who should be obeyed in every areas of our life. And we see this rich understanding of worship in the Psalms of David. And they reveal to us a picture of a believer, and I'm sure we all know lots of things about David, but who seeks God in every circumstance of his life. And he brings to God all those concerns that he has for him and the situation that he's involved in. And yet his reference point is always to praise the living God. That's the common denominator in all of David's life and all of the situations he finds himself in. The center of that is the living God. And I need to worship that living God. So looking at Psalm 145, worshiping the God of all. Now, if it's easy for me to get my understanding of worship wrong, then there's lots of other things I get wrong as well. And I'm sure you could point them out if I give you long enough to, um, to say it. But it's easy to get it wrong that God is only involved or only interested in our spiritual life. You know, the things we do when we come to church, the things we do with one another. But the other bits of our life, like the washing up or the gardening or the ironing or the cooking, all those things God really isn't interested in. Well, you're wrong. God is interested in every aspect of all of his creation, not only the spiritual bits. And the Psalm uh, of David reveals some of those things. What it does in Psalm verse, uh, uh, 145 and verse 1, it says this, I will exalt you. I will exalt you. He moves on in verse 10 to say, your faithful people extol you. And then goes a bit further in verse 21 where he says, the whole of creation, let every creature praise his holy name. Starts with us, or starts with me, us, and then everybody else that's outside that door or outside the doors of those that are on Zoom. Everyone should praise God. Let every creature praise his name. And Psalm 145 allows us to be caught up in the greatness and goodness of God. See, to pray, 
to speak or sing its words is to declare our faith in the one whose living oversight, whose loving oversight embraces the whole of our life. And when we think about the greatness of God, we can't help but bless him with our praise. You see, our God is all-knowing, and that's frightening. He is all-knowing. He knows our faults as well as he knows our gifts. He knows our weakness, and he knows our strengths. And this is the not-so-good bit. He knows our sins, and he knows when we try and do the right thing. And he also knew, knows that he knows us from before we had a relationship with him. And despite all of this, he loves us with a love that is just so amazing. And our God is amazing. So that's the introduction done. <laughs> if I can get the right page to come up. So, Psalm 145, as I said, it can be a whole series in its own right. Uh, and so we're just going to look at two things. And it came out of those three verses um, that worship is personal and worship is corporate. And in the corporate bit, that's, uh, you know, all his people and all of creation. So I've sort of linked the two together. So worship is personal. And... Um, as I share this, then um, I'll be putting lots of I in it because it's personal. And uh, we've all got our own personal experiences of God. So Psalm 145 verses 1 and 2 says this, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. What a promise. I wonder if we've promised that to God, that I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. See, it's easy in the good times, isn't it? But not so easy in the bad times. You see, every day, David is saying, I will praise you. No matter how I'm feeling or what good experiences I'm going through or what bad experiences I'm going through, I will praise you. He is always worthy of of our worship and our praise. So no matter how I'm feeling, as I begin to speak out or sing out words of praise, words of uh, songs, something amazing happens within me. And I'm sure we've all experienced that, that as we draw from our, our inner being, that praise, that worship to God, that something amazing happens. The spirit in us draws us and leads us and just lifts us out of where we are. And when we do that, God responds to that. He responds by giving us a joy in the depth of our heart, that his presence is in our hearts and wants to draw that from us. Now, after I retired six years ago, um, I, I, I needed to get fit because I'd got a bit of a bigger spare tire than I've got at the moment. Um, and so I went up the park and I started running. And over uh, the period I was running, 
um, just around the grassy bit of the park where the football pitches or the cricket pitches. Uh, I got up to 30 laps of um, the park and it took me around 90 minutes to do that. And I did that four days a week. So I sort of ran a marathon every week. Now, how boring is it to do 30 laps of, Woke, um, of Heatherdale Park? Really boring. So you've got to do something. You can't avoid the dogs jumping and barking at you all the time. You've got to do something else. And so I prayed. And I prayed for my family. I prayed for my friends. I prayed for people in the church. And uh, I very um, nobly gave everybody one lap. So I would pray for my wife and then work the way through, then friends and then people in the church who needed a touch of God. And when I'd run out of people to pray for, I would then start to sing and sing praises. I, sometimes I sang out loud, sometimes I didn't. Um, but, you know, it's just amazing how quickly 90 minutes can disappear and all those laps around the park. And then, of course, arthritis set in. <laughs> um, so something to do with old age, I think. Um, so I can't run anymore. Well, I can run, but it hurts sometimes. And so I've now taken up swimming uh, with my wife and we go to Woking Pool um, three times a week. And uh, I'm up to 60 lengths now in the pool. And isn't that boring, going up and down the swimming pool? Uh, avoiding people that are slower than me and getting out of the way of people that are faster than me. But how do you get over the boredom? You pray and you praise. And to use uh, a line of a very famous hymn, you get lost in wonder, love, and praise. Isn't that amazing? When you praise how the things around you disappear and 60 lengths is up very quickly or 30 laps of the park is up very quickly. You see, when we praise God, something supernatural happens. And often our circumstances can change. It's an attitude. You see, walls come down. Our problems seem to melt away or become much smaller, even if they are unchanged. In that moment of praise, that moment of just giving it all to God, something amazing happens and we need to glorify God. And David felt this deep in his heart and could not help but to shout it out and promise God that he would do it every day of his life, regardless of circumstances. See, David is just amazing. And he had so much to praise God for. And not all the good times he went through. He went through some pretty difficult times. And yet he knew he had to praise God. God has done so much for each one of us that I'm sure we can have that same experience. That as we worship, as we praise, as we give our all to God, something changes in us and something changes in our circumstances. But you see, David promised to do this every day of his life. Can we promise God that we're going to do this every day of our lives, regardless of the circumstances? See, we better get used to it because we've got an eternity to do it. So the more we practice here, the easier it's going to become for eternity to praise God every minute of every day. And David, in this psalm, shares some of the things 
we should praise God for. And in the remaining verses of Psalm 145. Now, it's not possible in the time to, to go through all of that. Uh, so I'm just going to look at um, some of them. But before we do, um, David doesn't mention one amazing thing that happened. Um, and I'm not surprised because Jesus hadn't been born then. Uh, but I think that's the starting point of our praise to God. And Romans 5 verse 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that reason and that reason alone should be enough for us to praise God every minute of every day. You see, I, I, I make it personal because, you know, worship is personal. Even if I was the only one that ever sinned, Christ would still have come to save me. That's awesome. Now I know he came to save us. But sometimes by making it personal, it sort of drives it home. He came to save me. What an amazing God. What an amazing God. So, Psalm 145. Just um, some of the um, reasons we should praise God. And first of all, from verses 4 to 7, uh, he says we should praise God for his mighty acts. We should praise him for the powerful things that he's done in our own lives. David, in verse 4, calls them mighty acts. But I'm sure we can all give testimony to the mighty acts that God has done for each one of us. And I know in my life, and I make no excuse because this is personal, call, uh, worship is personal, for using a lot of eyes in this. Because I know in my life, I give praise to God for saving me. Saving me from the punishment of sin. But he clothes me with righteousness through Jesus Christ. That is amazing. So for those times that I prayed, that I prayed running around the park or swimming for healing, for restoration, for people to come to know Christ, uh, and for the different things that were going on in my life, he answered those prayers. Not always the way I wanted him to answer them, but he answered them. He's always there listening to what we've got to say, and he does more than we can even ask or imagine. I praise him for his gift of the Holy Spirit in my life and for the natural and spiritual gifts that he's placed in me. And he's given me those to be able to serve folk in this church and other places because I want to do all I can to respond to God for how much he's done for me. So God having done so much, how can we not praise him? How can we not tell others of his mighty acts, which is what is in the psalm as well, that we need to tell others of his mighty acts. And 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. Isn't it easy to tell people how much God has done for us? And we should be ready. To do that so we need to praise him for his mighty works secondly in verses 8 and 9 god is gracious and 
compassionate. And we should praise him for his faithfulness, his loving kindness, his compassion, his unfailing love. And you know the amazing thing? That he's slow to anger and rich to bless. That's amazing. I, I'm sorry to keep using the word amazing, but I, you know, it's just, uh, it, God is just so big and deserves it. But you see, God doesn't love us a little. He is absolutely, passionately in love with each one of us. And his love knows no end. And Paul says it perfectly in Ephesians 3, verses 17 to 18. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So if God is passionately in love with each one of us, then how do we respond? We need to be passionately in love with him. And if we're passionately in love with him, then we will want to praise him every minute of every day. I am his precious possession. You are his precious possession. We're adopted children of the living God. And he wants to lavish on us the very best that he has. Because that's how he demonstrates his love. God is so gracious to me. He's so faithful to me. And his love knows no bounds for me. Therefore, I praise him because he tenderly cares for me. And the good thing is, even when I fail him, he still loves me. Secondly, uh, worship is corporate. Uh, Psalm 145, verse 10. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. We, as Christians, are his faithful people. And he calls us to praise him for all he has done. Now, there was a time when that was difficult for me. Um, and it's, um, some of you will know it. It's not a, a nice story. Um, but I, there were times when I could not praise God. And it was a time when I was working for British Airways and uh, we were doing courses down in Bournemouth and uh, myself and a colleague um, were in charge of that. And uh, suddenly I went into work one day and uh, there was nobody in the office. The boss wasn't there and he should have been. My colleague wasn't there. Uh, and there was all sorts of things going on. I asked, what's happened? He said, something's happened in Bournemouth and all the management team have gone down there. I managed to find one of the secretaries who told me more than she should, because she then told me um, the hotel had made an accusation against someone um, for what was going on. Now, when, when, when embezzling money from a major organization may seem easy, but it's not. And uh, although I knew I was innocent. Every time he got interviewed, I got interviewed because he was making accusations against me that I had done this, I had done that. And I, and I had no proof I hadn't done it. And I had no proof I did do it. I had to trust that the system would find me innocent. But it was difficult. And I was an elder at the time. And so I came off the leadership. Um, of the church 
what if they found something? What kind of witness would that be? So I came off the leadership and concentrate on trying to defend myself. It was a very difficult time. It was difficult to even come into church. And so one Sunday, I decided I'd go somewhere else um, because I couldn't. I'd just come and stand or sit and, and just let everything wash over me. It just didn't happen. And so I went to uh, a church in Shepparton and uh, just to see if it would make a difference. Um, but I wasn't sure it was going to. Um, and so I went into this church and they sang a number of songs that I knew, but I couldn't sing either and just allowed it to wash over me. But then the worship team introduced a new song to the fellowship and a new song to me. And it was, Lord, how majestic you are. And after the first verse that they sang, I knew that God had got them to do this song just for me. You see, while singing, those around me singing it lifted me from where I was out of the mire, as it were, onto a better place where I was able to sing. And um, it sort of broke the chains of the stress that I was under, and I began to sing from the heart. And things seemed so much better. So I know you know the first verse, but um, here it is on the screen. Lord, how majestic you are. My eyes meet your gaze, and my burden is lifted. Your word is a lamp to my feet, your hand swift to bless, and your banner a shield. That was for me in those circumstances. And we should never underestimate the power of coming together to worship, coming together to be with one another for corporate worship. And we should take every opportunity to do it. Now, in due time, I was declared innocent of any wrongdoing and my colleague was dismissed. But it was difficult. But God knew. And he took me to a place and drew me out of the mire and put me back on solid ground. So looking at the rest of the psalm, and very quickly, um, we should praise God in every circumstance. And I've picked out some everlasting kingdom in verse 13. We praise God because he is eternal. He was there at the beginning and will be for eternity. And his kingdom is everlasting. It will never be destroyed. It is everlasting. See, our time on earth is limited, and lives will come and go. Um, generations will come and go. And in the scheme of things, we're a bit small, we're a bit insignificant, we're a bit fragile, but we're important to God. And he brought us through it, uh, or will take us into eternity through Jesus Christ. And through Christ, we are connected to God as adopted children. And his kingdom is everlasting, and he has it prepared for each one of us, which is really good to know. His kingdom is established forever, despite earthly kingdoms will fall and be shaken, but his will never be shaken. In verse 20, watches 
over us. What comfort there is in knowing that God watches over us every second of every day. God never sleeps. He never pauses or becomes distracted. He never fails in his promises to love us and protect us. When trouble comes, and it will, we must not think that God has forgotten us or forsaken us. We need to remember that God never takes his eyes off of us. And he sent his Holy Spirit to help and support us. And the truth is, whether we're aware of it or not, we journey in life with God watching over us, watching our every step, our every move. And he will keep his promises to see us through the good times and the bad times. And Psalm 121 in verses 5 to 7 says this, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He watches over your life. And when we think about the greatness of God, compared to us fragile, small little things. We cannot help but praise him for who he is, whether that's personally or whether that's corporately. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our lives imitating him. So our worship is the whole of our being, the whole of the time. Father, we thank you for your love for each one of us and your care for each one of us, that no matter what we do, you still love us. And we thank you that your kingdom will know no end, that your kingdom is everlasting. And we look forward to that time when we are at your feet, worshipping you every minute of every day, whether or not there are minutes and days but it's about worshipping you and giving you praise for all that you have done. And so, Lord, as we go out into this week, we do pray that we might reflect you in all that we do and all that we say. And when asked, that we will give an account of why we feel so blessed by our amazing God. So we thank you for your word to us this morning. And may it bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tony. I know, uh, yeah, George will appreciate what you were saying about the running and the praying, because when he was able to run, that was uh, his prayer and praise time too. Well, as Tony has reminded us, um, one day we will be in eternity with God, um, worshiping forever. Um, but as, as David has said, that really should be starting here on earth. If we follow his example, every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. And so our closing song is, Unbroken Praise Be Yours. Praise unbroken, praise unending.
Isn't the Lord good? <laughs> Isn't he good? <laughs> oh, I just sense there's, there's someone here who's uh, like, just as a similar story to Tony's, um, you've, you're in a valley, you're in a really, you're in a really deep, dark place, and uh, worship has been hard for you this morning. But the Lord has come in, in glory and in power, and you've, you've felt the, the goodness, the, the love, the intimacy. You felt the Father singing over you this morning, and he's releasing you from that burden that you're carrying. He's, he's breaking chains in you. The circumstances that you're in do not define you. You are defined by the Lord of heaven, whose hand is on you and who breaks chains. The circumstances that you're in are not the, the big story. God is sovereign over your life. And if you'll have faith, he can break those chains. He can set you free. He can restore praise on your lips. You are not defined as, by being a captive. You're not chained. Jesus wants to set you free. Scripture says if, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Whatever you're carrying, whatever you're facing, Jesus is here to set you free. Jesus is here with healing power. So if that's you, I just invite you to stay where you are and just there will be people who love to pray with you this morning because Jesus is here, isn't he? He's here to break chains, to bring healing, to lift you out of the pit of the miry clay and to put your feet on a rock. Isn't that wonderful? He wants to set your feet on a rock. He wants to set you free. So receive that with faith and ask. Ask for prayer and God will meet you in your need. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, what a great God. Father God, by the power of your spirit, may we give you unbroken praise. Yeah every day of our lives. And I'm just going to close by quoting the words of a song that we used to sing many years ago. I think it was written by Chris Bowater. With my whole heart, I will bless you. With my whole life, I will serve you. And with all that I have and am and long to be, I'll worship you, worship you, so make my whole life living worship, worship unto you. Make my whole life living worship, worship unto you. Lord, these are huge words and words that we cannot hope to, to bring into being by ourselves, but your Holy Spirit can do that for each one of us. Lord God, Holy Spirit, may our whole lives be living worship to you. Amen.